Would you turn in your Bibles to Matthew 18? We're so glad you're here at Joy Church. If it's your first time, thank you for joining us. And um, you'll, you'll find out very quickly we're just a big family and that uh, there's a place for you here. You belong. And we'd love to get to know you and, uh, and just do life with you as we seek to follow Jesus every day. Uh, Matthew 18, Matthew 18. Y'all have a confession this morning. I feel like it's a safe place to confess it in church with all of you beautiful people. Um, I have a confession that I like winning. I like to win. And I turned around in worship and I, I, uh, I, I, I realized this morning my grandma, my nanny is here. And, um, and I owe my competitive nature partially to her because um, most grandmas... Uh, they let their grandkids win. <laughs> but not my grandma. If you want to know why I'm the way I am, there's a lot of reasons, but one reason is one of her favorite games was a game called Aggravation. Who plays that with their grandkids? My grandma. And you'd think that she'd let her grandkids win. No, she put in us... It's, it's do or die. You, it's to the death. Like, you know, you, aggravation, uh, king's corners. And I like to win. We still play Farkle. In fact, I will confess my grandma's faults to all of you so that you can be healed. Uh, one time, her and Grandpa Walt were playing a game called Farkle. And they called me in the middle of their game to verify rules because I think Nani was trying to cheat, if I remember right, Walt. And Walt wanted to make sure that his score counted. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like to win. I, this, is, uh, th this is my personal opinion here uh, that uh, I'm not really into this whole politically correct everyone's a winner. Like, there is a winner and a loser, and I want to be victorious on the winning side. I like to win. You know what I'm saying? Even in like kids, when even when people aren't counting, I'm always counting. I'm like, I, yeah, we're not counting, but if we were counting, I won. <laughs> just, just so you, I like to win. Um, yeah, I'm very thankful that in this journey of life and our walk with God, that God does not keep the scoreboard going on our life. He doesn't hold us. In fact, he, he, he plays a game that most of us uh, should be very thankful, every one of us should be very thankful, is that uh, when we all were the losers, God made us the winner. And when we were down and out and there was no way, there was no comeback, Jesus put us back in the game victorious. I am thankful that he gives us a fresh scoreboard, a fresh start. You know, we're in this series right now called Whiteboard Conversations. And last week, Pastor Stephen Kim, they launched us with this reality that is such great news. You have a clean slate. If you have given your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, He has made you new. And the old is gone. He's given you a new start. He's given you a fresh start in your marriage, in your relationships. He's given you a fresh start in this journey of life. Amen? Amen. But I found that it's sometimes we can grasp that reality that God has given me a clean board. God has given me a fresh start. But if I'm honest, I'm not very good at erasing the board for others. 
Anyone else struggle that in life sometimes we want God to erase our scoreboard, but we keep counting the them board. And we keep saying, yeah, but there's another one. Add to the list. And this morning we're going to look at this reality is God has called us to not only have a fresh slate, a clean slate in our life, but to erase the board for others. And in Matthew 18, Jesus gives us a story and a a visual illustration of forgiveness. In Matthew 18, uh, Peter comes in, in verse 21 and he says, then Peter came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 490 times. And therefore, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus now switches. He says, okay, I'm a time 70 times seven, you should forgive. Now he's going to tell us a story to illustrate. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. And in the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. And he couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. And then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, the man who was forgiven millions, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars and he grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. And his fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full and when some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Now Jesus comes out of the story and he says, that's what, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it changes our lives. And God, this morning our desire is not just to be hearers of the word, but doers. And we're asking, Lord, you would help us to live out this truth. You would help us to truly receive your forgiveness and to extend it to those around us, to truly allow people to grow in this journey of life. Help us, God, speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. As we talk this morning on the subject of erasing the board and giving a fresh start to those around us, I think it's important to know a couple things in the area of forgiveness and and, and walking with the pure heart. And I think the first is this, is that forgiveness uh, does not mean to live without boundaries. 
And so God has called us to forgive and to release people, but there's also wisdom. And so as we forgive, sometimes we still have to create boundaries in our life, amen? And so some of you today, God may even show you some people that you say, it's time to wipe the board, but it's gonna also give you wisdom on how to walk in relationship with them or how to process through that situation. And the second reality I think as we look today is that when it comes to forgiveness and, and, and relationships, it's a daily journey. I wish that we could come to church and we hear a message like this and we hear about releasing and loving and, 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 and giving people a fresh start and that we could just say, God, yes, I release them, I forgive them, and then that was it, right? But have you ever found that... Uh, that when it comes to forgiveness, you know, we wish it's like an etch-a-sketch that you, you build something you don't like on there and then you shake it away and it's gone. But when it comes to forgiveness, it's like this horrific etch-a-sketch that you shook it the night before you went to bed. I forgive them. And you wake up and the picture's back. You're like, no, who's done this, you know? And we just try to shake it away and it keeps coming back. And so forgiveness and, and, and giving our, our spouses and our kids and our coworkers and our friends a fresh start, it's not a one and done thing. It's, it's a daily journey and process. And I think the first thing as we look at this is we've got to stop keeping score. Uh, we got to stop keeping score. You know, Peter comes in, and I think Peter was probably pretty proud of himself because he comes to Jesus in Matthew 18. He says, hey, Jesus, how often should I forgive? Like seven times a day? And then you got to love Jesus. He's like, ha, I imagine he giggled, but maybe not. I would have giggled. Seven how about 70 times seven? 490 times a day per person. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Like 70 times seven, in case you're counting, that means every hour, if you were to break it up, 20 times an hour, forgive them. No sleep. Even if you were fuming in anger at your spouse 24 hours straight, you got to forgive them 20 times every hour. Like, can you make me mad faster so I can get to 490 quicker? <laughs> Come on, let's speed this up. Jesus is painting this picture like, yo, Pete, you got to keep for forgiveness is not about the score. Stop counting. You're going to lose count before. Like, it, it's a continuous thing. And sometimes in our relationships, uh, we, we, we keep score yeah. on people. You know, we, we, we sometimes, I'm really thankful that God is not walking around with a massive clipboard on my life. Like, well, Natalie, probably shouldn't have done that. Ding against you. I'm thankful that God's not like the DMV driver test instructor. <laughs> they have a clipboard, but they never tell you what you did right or wrong, you know? So they're like, interesting choice of maneuvering there. What does interesting mean? And they're writing on this magical board, and you're like, just tell me. I need feedback. You know what I'm saying? And then you, you take a left. You know, they're like, take a left. You click on the blinker. I wouldn't have done it that way, but 
Your choice. Ding. You know, we do that to people in our life. Our spouses, we're like, that was an interesting choice of word, Riley. Did you hear what the connect group leader said? They were looking straight at you. I knew they had something against you. Ding. And we walk around in life keeping score. Them unlimited against us. Me, nothing. And yet God, he's not walking around with this massive clipboard on our life Right? I'm thankful for that. In fact, his word says his mercies are new every morning. And I wonder how often we're extending a fresh scoreboard to people in our life. Corey Tinboom, she said, forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. If you read the story of Corey Tinboom, she would actually stand face to face with a man who was part of a con- uh, one of the soldiers in the concentration camp where her sister was murdered. And she would tell this soldier, I forgive you. In fact, he asked her after she had preached a message on forgiveness and she felt so good about it in Germany, after she preached this message and all of a sudden she saw this man come to her and she realized who he was, and he said, I know that Jesus, I've given my life to Jesus, I know that Jesus forgave me, but I need to hear it from you, do you forgive me? And Corey Tinboom stands there having to choose if she'll actually obey the message she just preached. And forgiveness is an act of the will. It's a choice. It's a decision daily to say, I'm gonna give my kids a fresh start. I'm gonna give my coworker a fresh start. I'm gonna stop keeping score. The second is we gotta erase the board. This is for all the ladies in the house, if we can be honest. Sometimes we put the pin away and we stop keeping score, but you better believe we didn't forget the score. You know what I'm saying? We're like, I'm not adding to your faults, uh, but I know exactly how many there are on there. And we, any lady, right? Oh, we got to erase the board. We got to actually say, I'm not just going to stop counting, but I'm going to truly, legitimately, for real, forgive to release somebody, to let them go. You know, I remember in my younger years, and my brothers can all attest to this, that when we, uh, when we would uh, get a, a spanking and we would do something bad and we clearly earned it, Every time, and we got a lot of mercy times we didn't get in trouble. Uh, And uh, I remember when my dad or my mom would discipline us after, immediately after they would discipline us, they'd say, come here, give us a hug. And they'd say, it's done. Go have fun. Go play. And sometimes as a kid, you were like, am I still in trouble? And you know, you're still like doing the shaking cry. You know, there's like the cry and then your kids are like, ah! it's the shaking cry. And, and I remember my dad specifically would say, we're done. It's over. Go have fun. And he didn't bring the board back up and say, by the way, remember that? Like, mm-hmm, still up there. It, the board was erased. 
And you know what? There are times when God will correct us. He'll say, all right, no discipline's fun for a while, but, but you know you're loved by the Father when he corrects you. But God doesn't then come back with the clipboard and say, remember when I corrected you? Yeah, well, you're still under. He, no, he, he, have fun, go, play. It's we, how often do we hold people under the water in our life? We don't really erase the board. We don't really give them a fresh start. We don't really, we know we hold our kids under the water. We're like, do you know what you did yesterday and the day before and the day before that and the day before that? But God wants us to erase the board in our friendships, in our relationships. Are you guys with me? Matthew 6, 14 says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. The Lord is calling. Will you answer? Just kidding. If you refuse, listen, our forgiveness is connected to how we, how we receive God's forgiveness is connected to how we give forgiveness. C.S. Lewis said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. He's erased our board and he calls us to do the same for others. We've got to stop making someone pay for a debt someone else incurred. Don't make someone pay for another person's debt. How often do we bring into our, our lives the hurts and hang-ups from a previous relationship, a previous situation, and so we make everybody pay for the bad relationship we had with our father? Or you're making everybody else pay for the broken marriage you had. And sometimes when it comes to the, the whiteboard, we actually have people in debt for something they never did. And we react out of hurt and we react out of a broken place in our own life. I remember years ago, my brother Gino and I, we went to Italy. And um, we were doing a trip in Europe and so we're in Italy and, and first, one of the first restaurants we go to, they ask us this question, uh, do you, would you like bread? And we're like, yes, we'd like bread. And uh, who, you have to have bread with pasta. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so they bring us the bread. And uh, can I just tell you that Italy is no olive garden because we found out very quickly that uh, there's no unlimited breadsticks in Italy. <sighs> And uh, uh, we, we get our bill, and we're charged for the bread. We're like, they asked us if we wanted bread, but they charged us for the bread. They asked if we wanted. And so uh, next restaurant, we're like, we're smarter than this. We know the bread trick. We're not paying for bread, so we don't want the bread. And so they come, and they ask us, like, hey, um, actually, this time, I don't think they even asked us if we wanted bread. They bring the bread, and we're like, ha-ha, no way. We know this scam. We eat the bread. You put it on our bill. No way. So now we don't eat the bread. We're trying to tell them, take the bread away. We don't want the bread. They leave it. We're like, don't touch the bread, Gino. Don't touch the bread. Sure enough, we get our bill. They've charged us for the bread. And we're like, ha we didn't eat the bread. And they're like, you have to pay for the bread. We're like, we didn't order bread. You got to pay for the bread. You know, but I don't want you. Gino and I were like shoving bread in our mouth. We're like, we're paying for this bread. We're eating this bread. We consumed it. By like restaurant two or three, then we got, not only we're getting 
tricked by the bread trick, but now we're getting charges on our bills for the linens on our table. So we're like, do we have to have the linens? We don't want the linens. Take the linens. Like, we're like, you're making us pay for something we never ordered. And I wonder in our life how many people we are making pay for a meal they never ordered. And so they're coming and they're, your connect group leader is just trying to love you and serve you and you're holding them hostage or your spouse is just trying to be there for you and all you can see is the last person you were married to or your kids are coming in and you had a broken relationship with your father and so you're projecting that onto your children and you're making them pay for the meal they never ordered. But a clean slate, when God has given you a clean slate, come on, he's saying, I want you to live out of that place in every other relationship. Don't make people pay for something they never did against you. And here's the the test for us today, church. I want you to, to assess today and look at your relationships, your reactions and responses to people and ask this question. Am I living out of a place where I'm making others pay for something they didn't do to me? Look at how you're talking and treating people. Are you holding them hostage? Because God wants to heal that place in us to where we can live with a fresh slate and project that into every other relationship in our life. Amen? We've got to let God be the scorekeeper. We've got to let God be the scorekeeper. I think one of the greatest accounts in the Bible of forgiveness um, is in the life of Joseph. And if you read through Genesis, quite a few chapters in the book of Genesis, we get this life, uh, the life of Joseph, and Joseph to set up the scenario where he might have some issues to let people have a clean slate, right? Joseph was taken by his brothers, And at first they wanted to kill him, and one of the brothers uh, in his nobility got them to not kill the brother just to throw them in the pit and and sell him into slavery. You're like, wow, you're a really good brother. No, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him into slavery after we've beaten him and thrown him in the pit. (laughs) Sounds like brother. No, I'm just kidding. And so Joseph has been thrown into a pit. He's been sold into slavery by his brothers. And in the meantime, because of their decision, he is thrown into prison unduly. He he, he unjustly thrown into prison. He's forgotten by people in prison. And and, and he's gone through false accusations. All these years later, God moves and he's promoted into a high place. His brothers come back. There's this amazing moment where Joseph forgives them. And Joseph actually is able to bring them into the land of Egypt and bring bring his father back and and, and have rest. Restoration, but now we come to this moment in the life of Joseph. He's gone through all this trauma with his family. And Joseph's dad is dead. So we jump into Genesis 50, and the brothers of Joseph fear that Joseph really didn't forgive them. And that it was kind of a show that that really, now that their dad was gone, he was going to give them what they deserved. And you come to this point where actually Joseph, it's so moving if you read Genesis 50, he's so moved emotionally to say, he's crying like, you guys don't, I forgave you. 
And Joseph recognized, we're going to read this verse in verse 20. He recognized, you guys were not the ones holding, keeping score on my life. God is the scorekeeper. He's the one in control of my life. He's the one that protects me and fights my battles. And in Genesis 50, here's the words of, of Joseph. You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Joseph knew who's keeping score in my life. It's God. He's in control. Some of you this morning need to be reminded that when that urge comes, when that frustration comes to get vengeance and to fight your own battle and defend yourself and make your, let people know what's really going on, to say, God, you're the one that fights my battles. You're the one that has the score. And when it doesn't make sense and when forgiveness seems impossible and when it seems crazy, I'm going to trust that you are good and that you are working something through this that I don't see. You're, you're moving on my behalf. God is the best scorekeeper in our relationships. He is trustworthy with the pen. Are you guys with me? He's good. I love Romans 8, 28. It says, that, it says in Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God is working for good. We got to let him be the scorekeeper. And as the band comes up, this morning we got to keep it clean. We got to keep the board clean. It says, I love this prayer in Psalms 139. The psalmist writes this. This is a prayer I charge us church to pray on a daily basis. See, day, uh, the psalmist writes, search me, O God. When it comes to our heart, when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to our relationships, we got to say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. We've got to daily allow the Holy Spirit to come and say, hey, Nat, you've started keeping score again. You, 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 you got you to go back and, and start erasing some stuff. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to come because see, when we trust that God is the best scorekeeper, and he's in control. We can trust he's going to give us the grace to help erase the board afresh, to keep it clean. Have you noticed that our hearts get cluttered very easily? Offenses like to stick to us very easily. Yesterday, my husband Riley and I, we, we had... Um, Amen work day. It's in our phone. It's a very serious thing when we plan an amen work day. It's not just a work day, it's an amen work day. And in, in, our, in, in the phone, it's amen work day dash purge day. That's what we titled it, purge day. My husband loves amen work days. Like he looks forward to it. He's like, oh man, what are the projects we're going to do? I'm like, you're a sick being, but I love you. <laughs> And so Amen Purge Day, as we're preparing for our son 
to come. We're getting our house ready. And so we're like, we got to get rid of stuff that we don't need. And we got to get rid of clutter. And you know, it's amazing. We haven't even been married three years. And I don't know how we accumulated so much stuff. It was like, we just kept grabbing garbage bag after garbage bag. And we're like, I haven't worn this for five years. Get rid of it. My husband was so eager on purge day to purge things. He started like, I was having like a mental, I was having like an emotional breakdown. He was like grabbing things. So like, well, you don't want this right? Get rid of it. I'm like, I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to let go of that bag. I'm just not ready. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> it's true. I was having a little breakdown. And we, we, had to, we had to purge the house and get rid of stuff because we're, we're making a room and, and, and we're, we're, we're clearing out the clutter. And I think in our life, so much clutter comes. Offenses. We just add to the scoreboard and we get brought down. And pretty soon, where we were quick to forgive our spouse, we're quick now to snap. We got to come and just say, Holy Spirit, would you point out anything that offends you? Because there's clutter and I've gotten used to living with clutter and I got to remove the clutter. I got to purge it out of my life. I got to allow you to remove it and cleanse my life. Cleanse the whiteboard. Let go of that hurt. Let go of that offense. Let go of that discouragement. God wants to remove the clutter. Lastly, we've got to embrace grace. I think the best way we keep the board clean and we erase the board in our relationships is by simply remembering what God has done for us. I think we so often get in a, in a world of hurt when we forget what Christ did for us. When we forget that while we were yet sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ came, died for us. When we could do nothing to earn his love, nothing to earn his grace. He said, I choose you and I'm going to give you a clean slate and a new life. And we often hold other people down when we forget God's grace in our own life. This man in Matthew 18 that Jesus is telling a story about, uh, the, when you study it out, they say in today's wages, the equivalency of his debt was $6 billion. And the king forgave this man a debt he would never be able to repay, $6 billion. And then so quickly he forgot what he had been forgiven of. And now he's grabbing the throat of the next man saying, pay up what was minuscule compared to what he had done. And oftentimes when we forget what God has done, we stop giving the forgiveness that he has given to us. And Colossians 3.13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. When we remember what God has done for us, it's really easy to overlook the faults of somebody against us. We gotta just keep reminding ourselves, what did God do for me? Thank you, God. That's nothing in comparison. That, what that person has done against me, pales in comparison to your great forgiveness in my life. Pastor Rick Warren said this, and you know when you've experienced grace and you feel like you've been forgiven, 
you're a lot more forgiving of other people. You're a lot more gracious to others. I want to remember God's grace. Church, would you bow your head and close your eyes? Would we just take a moment right now? I want you to stop and remember what God saved you from. Remember how his grace came through and shined through the darkness. That while we were dead in our sins, Christ's love was poured out. Remember his mercy. Remember his forgiveness. Remember what he's done. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your mercy in our life. We thank you, Jesus, that while we were yet sinners, you, you came, Christ, and you died for us, and you rose again, and you gave us a fresh start. May we never forget what you've done for us, and may we always give it to those around us. Church, would you stand to your feet this morning? Right now, before we do anything else, we want to make an opportunity. There are people in this place that you're here and you say, you know, Natalie, I need my whiteboard cleansed. I need God to save me. I, have, I haven't received his free gift of salvation and received his grace in my life. And this morning, I know that I came to this place and I need to surrender my life to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. This morning, if that's you, I just, wherever you are, I would just invite you to, to lift your hand right now. If you just say, I need Jesus to save me and to give me a brand new heart, a brand new life. I just want to invite you right now, just lift your hands and we want to pray with you this morning. Every person here, awesome. That you're here, that awesome. This morning, you just say, God, I need a fresh start. I need a clean slate. I, I can't save myself. I can't do this awesome hands going up. God, I need you to save me. And I just want to ask you if you'd be willing, uh, those of you that raised your hand this morning, we would love to pray with you and just talk with you about this journey of following Jesus. Would you be bold enough just to step out of your seat and come down to these awesome couples down here? Uh, we want to pray with you. Just leave your seat. Every one of you that came this morning and maybe you lifted your hand. We want to stand with you. Awesome. Every One last call. Every person here. Come on. We just... We're so proud of you, the decision. You're just saying, Jesus, here's my life. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, last call. If you're here this morning, you say, hey, I need a fresh start. I need a clean slate. I, I'm putting my faith and trust in Jesus. Would you, one last call this morning. We want to pray with you. Church, can we all pray together, every one of us? Awesome, we're so thankful for each one of you. God, we, we're just going to pray together. Repeat with me, dear Jesus. I give you my heart. Jesus, I receive your life. I receive your free gift of salvation. Wash me. Cleanse me. Give me a brand new start. Help me, Lord, to follow you all the days of my life. I love you, Jesus. If you will be my God, I will be your child. Thank you for your life. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Church, can we just give a shout? Awesome. Awesome, you guys. Awesome. We want to pray with you guys tonight. They're just going to share some stuff with you. If you guys don't mind uh, following Susie right back here. For the rest of us, as we get ready to close, if you're here and you just say, you know what? I think there's some areas where God's asking me to give a, a clean slate to some relationships in my life. And this morning you're here and you say, I need God's help to give a clean, to wipe the board clean again in those relationships. Would you just lift your hand, church, and we're going to respond. Whatever that is, just right now, just give it to God. You know what it is. You know that situation that feels impossible. And I'm so thankful that we don't have to do this alone. God is with us. His grace is enough that we can, we can walk in His grace to forgive and release again, to wipe the scoreboard. God, I thank you for every hand lifted, every heart that's just saying, God, I need your help to erase the board, to, to stop keeping score, to, to, to stop making others pay for debts they didn't incur. God, we pray this morning that we would wipe the slate clean again. God, that we would extend grace again to our mates, to our kids, to our co-workers, to our family members, to our friends. God, help us to live out of the forgiveness you've given us and to give it to others. Would you strengthen your people? Would you encourage them this morning and give them your life? In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to worship right now. Good, good.